Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Toffee Web Podcast. Sean, I'm sure it was a difficult defeat to take this evening, given that for 40 minutes you'd kept Arsenal at bay. Well, not difficult to take because it happens at places now and again. You don't want it to. Um, but the part you're right about, I mean, for 40 minutes, the, the game plan was working. The delivery of the game plan was pleasing. Our distances were good. We shut them out for many occasions and we countered, um, which we often have to do and, and teams do at places like this. Um, we didn't find the defining moments when we countered and we, we know that's been the story of the season. That's got to, we've got to continue to look for the detail in that. Um, 40 minutes, only yardages from the defence. We know Arsenal try and probe around your box and they played a, a very fast pass and it's a good finish. Um, and then the second one, I can't legislate for that, obviously. Um, and then really 2-0 down here is a tough ask, you know, and, and they showed, I think they showed not just the, the confidence level that you do at home when you're 2-0 up in a team like them, but also the reason why they're top of the league. So a lot of their habits were very, very good um, first half, but particularly second half. But can you take any positives from it? Well, I think, I think the, the, the thing is, if anything, is, is the reason I said to the players, you know, a lot, of t- a lot of players, including ourselves, probably think, you know, these are a good side, they're good players, but the work ethic of them, you know, at the end there, they're throwing bodies on the line, you know, we, we get a chance to score a goal, they're throwing bodies on the line to try and protect that, you know, to keep a clean sheet. That's the mentality we've got to keep building, particularly away from home. Every game in the Premier League is a big game, regardless of your position, because there's so much involved in wherever you are in the league, so I'm well aware of that, but every game's a big game, the next one's just another big game, and we've got plenty of them to come. Hello Blues, this is the Tough Web Podcast. It's Thursday, the night after a pretty rough evening down at the Emirates. And how many times have we experienced that down in North London? 
Everton were hammered 4-0 by leaders Arsenal and remain in the relegation zone, having now played a game more than anyone else. Uh, Adam and Paul are here with me to discuss a game which I think most would agree we didn't deserve to get thrashed like that in, uh, particularly the way we played in those first 40 minutes. Uh, I think unlike the reverse fixture Goodison last month, Arsenal simply underlined their quality and ruthlessly exploited our lack of depth and uh, some rustiness, I think, on some of the players who came on, who came in from the cold in that second half. Uh, Adam, you were there, mate. It can't have been one of your better trips down the M1. They say you shouldn't get too low with the losses, but it's never easy getting smashed 4-0, is it? So it's uh, one to forget as quickly as possible and try and move on, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, uh, which is always a positive way to start a podcast. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll try and do it as swiftly uh, and succinctly as possible. But um, yeah, it was my first away game of the season. Um, will it be my last? I don't, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't uh-huh. exactly something to uh, to sell you on it because, as you say, that that first forty minutes promised at least the hope of a point. Uh, we we kept a really good side at arm's length on the most part, but as you say, their quality and our lack thereof, our lack of cutting edge, it was it was very much exposed. And um I know you guys on the previous pod spoke about forward players striking the ball with conviction, spoke about Lukaku and how a lot of his finishes just seemed to kind of power the net. And we saw early on the likes of Morpay kind of offering a sort of half-hearted attempt at goal. Arsenal's goal out of nowhere was a a player, a confident player, striking the ball with purpose. And that that really sort of set the tone. And obviously a mad few minutes ensued and it was it was game over. So it was it, it was a shame that particularly that second goal went in because I think it would have been interesting to come out in the second half. A goal down, fairly encouraged by what we saw. Um but for the rest of it, it kind of played out a bit like an exhibition match. It wasn't a downing of tools like we maybe saw in, say, the Spurs away game last season. Um, but we looked like we were chasing shadows for a lot of it. And I think, yeah, that emphasises what we aren't really getting right at the moment. But I think anyone watching that game would have to say what a what a really good side Arsenal are. They were, they were very composed. They controlled the game. The likes of Zinchenko. I mean, I, I had that sliding doors moment where I, I know we were, we were very tentatively linked with him. And I thought, wow, what a player who is running a midfield is so dominant, who can still play those kind of incisive passes. What what we give for a player like that. Um, he, he, was, he was everywhere. And he made, as you say, the players who came into the the four in the second half who were a bit rusty. He made them look even rustier than they really were. So I don't think we can have too many complaints. And as you say, it was it, we, we were hard done to be beaten 4-0, but hopefully it's not dented our confidence too much because it, I, I guess m- maybe Sean Dyche's team, team, post-team talk would be, well, we beat this really good side 1-0 a few weeks ago at Goodison. So... If we can do the same in other home games and other big matches coming forward, if we can maintain that kind of performance, then there's there's still a lot of points to play for. But yeah, bitterly disappointing as well. What did you think, Paul? 
it was it was kind of what I feared with putting our maybe our best best foot forward in terms of the personnel, I suppose, and that like we could play our best team and still get still get smashed, and that's kind of what happened, isn't it? You know, um, he didn't, he only changed it at the back, um, just the one change. So, kind of what it it was a very frustrating game. Um, obviously, he did really well in the first uh, most of the first half, and all right, a little bit of a switch off, but. Same time, it's not it's not a really easy chance for Saka, is it? You know, what I mean, it, it's not that's that's not going bang in the back of the net like that most of the time. I don't think when he when he strikes it, you know, what I mean, so it's you know it's their first chance that and a goal, but the, the, the second one's inexplicable. Um, but it just struck me in the first half when we when we did break and when we did, and, and we all know this, but when we did get into like attacking areas, we such a lack of confidence when we when we're in them positions. You know, it's there was a lot. A lot of moments, wasn't there, when um, we had like, I don't know, I think a 1.4 v2 momentarily, certainly 4 v3 and 3 v2s and stuff like that. And it's not even necessarily like bad decision making, just lack of quality and confidence in them areas. You saw like a ball from the Corey through to McNeil, which wasn't great. Then McNeil's touch is poor. Yeah, I mean, it was the right, the right idea of a pass and the right thing to do to try and take along. But both times, you know, it's, I think it's nerves in that area. And I think we just need to get more courage. And that's the only way we're going to get out of this thing is have more balls in attacking area. And just, you know, they, I think they just have to be braver, uh, frankly, these players. And, they're well aware they haven't got Dominic Carvalhoen at the moment, and it feels, feels like he might not have him for quite a long time. And even then, are we are we being fair on Dominic to, to you know to have him back and expect all these goals straight away? I mean, the pressure on him must be enormous for a player come back from injury when he's fit. Yeah, it's it's a lot of expectation. So, like it or not, some of the lads really need to chip in and just I think just be braver. Like you say, whether that's striking the ball earlier. At least Mope was trying to strike the ball, not well, but he's, yeah, I don't mind him. Yeah, I don't mind if you're having if you're having a go. McNeil in the second half, and you have that effort. I don't mind if you're having a go. It doesn't, you know, it's uh, that's we've just got to do, got to do more of that. But um, looking at the bigger picture, we probably shouldn't be too downhearted on getting smashed at Arsenal. We had a little look before at some of the results. Uh, I've, just, I've only, I've only, I've only picked out the sort of. Uh, the embarrassing ones over this time, going back as far as 1998, and look at you at the 4-0 in 98, weren't you, Lyndon? And um, when we when we just about survived. 99-2000, um, lost 4-1. 2000-2001, lost 4-1. 2004-5, lost 7-0. Uh, we've got a 5-1, another 5-1, and a 4-0. Um, all in that Premier League era. Um, and then at home, uh, we've also lost 5-2, 4-1, 4-1, and 6-1. So it's not... It's it's not new for us to be getting uh, getting hammered by Arsenal. So and maybe the best that they could do is take heart and that they've um, that they've given them a good game for, for forty minutes. So um, probably shouldn't be too disheartened overall, but it's very frustrating the way it happened. Um, and what do you think of the the, the, the second goal? Um, the the the, the addressing guy horror. The you know was it offside? It's frustrating. Yeah, I put on Twitter that I was, um, I pretty much had it with Atrissa Uh The problem with that, is, of course, is that he is very central to the way that the team plays um, when he is on form and when he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, he's, you know, he covers a lot of ground. Um, he breaks up play very well. Um, I think if uh, Sean Dyche can get in his ear and um, get him to, 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 maximum 100% focus between now and the end of the season and just do the simple things, do the basics, then I, I think um, 
we probably need to rehabilitate him back into the side. Not that he's out of the side, obviously, but I think uh, Deitch clearly made a statement at halftime by by bringing him off. Um, yeah, I just think that he's obviously not been the player that we remember since he signed. Uh, I was one of the people who was really encouraged by the fact that we signed him for the fact that he was cheap. Um, he's experienced. He knows the club. He knows the league. I just feel that there's... There's a player who doesn't quite grasp the danger that we're in, the problem that, that you know, the the crap that this club is in, uh, and the fight that it's got ahead of it. Um, and I think that you can't you can't really expect Deitch to have solved all, solved all the problems in in a month, but I think that is going to be one of his uh, his challenges now is to is to get certain individuals' minds a hundred percent focused on the job if they're going to be in the team. Because I think um, I, I like the fact that he tried uh, Mason Holgate. As an, alter- as an alternative in that role. <clears throat> and obviously, once uh, James Garner's fully fit, maybe he can... Um, he won't, he won't, won't be a like-for-like replacement for Drissa Gay, but I think if you have three players in there that you, that you can really uh, you know, trust to get the job done, then hopefully he can he can be an option there. Um, but I just... I, I mean, ho- ho- I think Holgate was fine, but he wasn't... Um, he didn't pull up any trees. So I think, yeah, I think Drissa Gay just has to be... Um, has someone has to sit down with him and say you need to just focus and just do the basics right because we need you and we need you doing what we brought you in to do um, and that's and I'm not throwing goals into into our net because you know it was yes we'd already conceded the one goal which I think was really harsh on the team they'd worked so hard but Arsenal are that good that you just switch off for one second and you know as we saw they 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 took the lead and I think from that position. Given our goal scoring record, we're probably going to lose anyway. But at least get into halftime, um, as you said, and at the beginning, just get into halftime and, and and just try and go in with a bit of encouragement from that first half performance, and maybe try and nick something in the second half. But you know, once at two 0 Arsenal were just able to express themselves, and they are just that good that they just picked us off. Completely, and I, I think focus is the uh, is the word there with Adrissa Gay. I think it, it's it's happened in numerous games this season, sadly. And whether it's readjusting to the the pace of the Premier League um, coming from PSG, whether it's playing in, in the sort of side he did against the sort of sides uh, he was in the French league, um, but I, I think Deitch himself said he was caught in three minds a mm-hmm. ago, and, and yeah, he was it, being it, charitable. It, it, I, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pro- probably three more than I would have said at that moment. It was it was it was just a, a real shame. But yeah, as, as you say it. It really knocked the wind out of, of everyone's sails, um, and and you knew at that point that it was going to be a real challenge. And I think probably after that Dwight McNeil chance in the second half, uh, Ramsdale made a pretty comfortable, but still was forced to make a save. I think as soon as um, as soon as that little moment had passed, you kind of knew that that was that was really it. Um, I do think it's a shame that having come from a bigger side, having come back to the club, like you say. Linen being familiar with the club and, and and knowing the history, the importance, and and also surely being aware of the situation we're in. But he's not really been that talismanic figure in the middle of a part, but maybe we thought he would be. Whereas even a younger player like Anana, who we know is raw and he pro- probably didn't have his his best game for us last night, but still doesn't really hide in the middle of the pitch. Um, and I, I feel like it gay at times this season. When he when he's done the simple things, he he, he tends to do them well. But 
when he's when he's playing out from the back like that, it, it it's just it's not what he's good at, and he's he, he needs to be more switched on when he's doing it. Um, as you say, I think if we can try other options in there, um, it, it it would help. It would it would help to just know that we have other ways of trying to win that midfield battle because. As I, as, I, as I said, I think by by that second half, introducing new players, it, it was good. But we did try something new, but we started to look ragged, and the game started to open up. And those and those two two goals in the second half, that, that's that's where that comes from. It was it was tired legs, it was space in between, and as I said earlier, a, a very good side who were kind of set up exactly the sort of side you wouldn't want to play when you're a bit short of confidence when you know that you probably need to score first to get any kind of a result. You don't want to play three front players like that who are moving all over the place, taking you left and right, and who, as we saw, when they get a sniff at goal, tend to take it. But I guess if I was to look for positives, I'd say we did keep them quiet for a good chunk of a game. That's something. Um, we still looked pretty organised. It, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't all to chaos in the second half. I think we just couldn't really lay a glove on them. Um, and I do think some players, even though it, there wasn't that clinical sign, as you said earlier, Paul, there, there, there are a few times in that first half particularly where we, we did get the wrong side of them. The game plan looked like it might work and a bit of composure um, might have seen us snatch something. But there were players who didn't hide. I thought Iwobi and McNeil in particular sort of showed up. Certainly certainly McNeil um, was, was, was really bold. And I think that if if we if maybe one of those players can kind of step up in the next couple of games and try and be that Richarlison figure of last year, that kind of totem that we can kind of look towards and go, okay, maybe maybe there's a there's something for us to kind of grasp onto here um, beyond the enigma of um, Dominic Calvert Lewin. I think that's that's something to hold on to, but. I, I wouldn't say it's panic stations after that kind of performance because four nil on paper certainly looks that way. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't think it's kind of real hysteria time, but there is that nagging feeling that these games coming up, we we need to we need to rediscover that cutting edge. We need that little moment of luck. I mean, the Tom Davis chance at the end that really sums it up in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Sums up Tom in a nutshell. Sadly, I I, I felt for him because. He, he he got himself in a position. He was trying to run beyond their defenders and he was trying to make something happen and just didn't come off for him, did it? But hopefully, um hopefully these next couple of games we can we can maybe I, I think yeah, it might it might have been you in the last episode, Paul said uh, if Morpay can just get one in, you know, off off his arse as just a kind of lucky, scrappy goal, something like that to to hang on to and just give us that injection, that that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, mm. I wonder if, if we just got like an early goal in games, the players just might just express themselves a bit more, you know, and good, you know, goals change games and all that. Um, address a guy, um, just a just just another thing on them. Um, I don't buy this. Like, uh, people say it's like, oh, he's he's been used to playing at PSG with more time and more space and better players around him. I, got, I could understand that to an extent when he when he came in, you know, in in in, in August and. Um, if he made a few mistakes then, but like surely it, it, it's not, I think the mistakes he's making are so, are so elementary that like, it, it doesn't, it wouldn't be that hard to fix. You know what I mean? To just like sharpen up and say, okay, you know, we just, you know, just play it. You know, don't mess around with it. Play it. You know, it's, I think the mistakes he's making, they're, they're so basic that, I, I, you know, for a player of his quality, there's, there's no real excuse. Um, 
I still, however, take issue with the goal, like from an offside point of view. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm buying this. Like, oh, the, uh, the ball went sideways. I'm sorry, we've seen like real incompetence from VAR, full stop, the entire time. I'm not, I'm not having it for a second that they had the nose to think right there and then, oh, I'm gone. The ball's actually gone sideways. It hasn't gone forward. You know what I mean? Oh, so that's why it's onside. They just didn't know what to do. They, they just, it's, and, and I don't mean to sort of, you know, cry blue murder with this, like, but like. <laughs> You just really feel that do we get anything? Do we get much from the referees? Do we get? Yeah, you know I mean, there was. I thought Michael Oliver was just giving them most things in in Arsenal's favour, the fifty fifties, and we've seen Decorey at the weekend get booked for sort of like palming a player off against Villa. He got he got booked, and then and not that and on. I got that happened a few times. With Arnold. Did we even get a free kick for any of the incidents? No, we didn't. Early on, we got a drop ball mm. given to Arsenal when he got, and that was that was probably the worst one, the early one from Gabriel. That looked like it, to me, he was trying to leave a bit of a mark on him quite early. To me, that's the one. I thought, and, and and they got the drop ball. <laughs> they got the yeah. I mean, it's it's stuff like that. And um, there's just so many incidents this season that I thought, like I've tried. To, I went through all the games before um, to try and make the point. I can just think of so many things this season where, and I tried to be balanced. There's been a couple which have gone for us when Rashford handled the ball slightly on the way to a goal for Man United, which got chalked off. Fuller might have got a penalty at Craven Cottage earlier this season. Same game, Mitrovic probably should have been sent off, in my view. Leeds away, Gray scored uh, a much more onside goal than that and got quickly sort of, no, no, it's offside. Why some games, is if the offside flag goes up, it's immediately that's it. And then in some instance like last night, it's like, oh, no, no, play on, it's okay. I don't I don't get this. And I'm getting really miffed with the amount of things going against us. If I'm going to be more more pedantic, I mean, was the, the penalty we got given against us against Villa on Saturday? It's like, oh, hang on, address the gay. You could, you could argue whether he should be going in for that challenge or not. So, oh, address the gay. Oh, if you look closely, his knee touches his knee. For the player who's like trying to go sort of to ground anyway. And, well, if you're going to be that pedantic, then surely the player who tackled, um, was it Sacco, t- tackled uh, Gay from the back yes, last night, you must have made some contact with address the gay. <laughs> That's what we're talking about, these little saying tiny things. <sighs> yeah, okay, I'm going off on one a bit, but I've just, I've just kind of had it with sort of like a lot of different. Um, Things that are not going not going our way, and it's it's time and again. And um, I'm not saying there's an agenda against us anything for that. I think it's it's more of a if you're playing for one of them big teams, you're going to get these decisions. If you're one of those little ones down the bottom, Wolves have had it at Anfield, for example, this season, like a perfectly good goal. That's that, you know, just for example, there's been a few Leeds instances I've seen. It's not against Everton, I don't think. It's just a you know, if you're in that big boy shop, then oh, you get them decisions. If you're down with us, you don't. That wouldn't that uh, if that's flagged offside at the other end of the pitch, I, I tell you now that that would just be offside and we wouldn't have got the goal, hundred percent. I'm sorry if like uh, any sort of neutrals listening. Oh God, there you go, whinging. But I've just had it. I've just I've I've just had it with uh, with with uh, things like that going against us, and it just seems so so obvious that it's just uh, if you're in the big boys, then then you'll get you'll get it your way, and they are. <laughs> should be should be accounting for fairness, not for you know. I mean, not for increasing bias. Yeah. So it's um, that was a real gripe of mine. The the goal. So even despite addresses, uh, idios, idiocracy, idiocy, whatever the word is, I don't think that goal should have stood. I think that should have been an offside. And then then it's, then it's one nil, and we're still in the game. And then if it's one nil half time, you can kind of just oh yeah, to maybe stay in the game. Don't make don't don't concede anymore. Then last 15 minutes, you can just have a bloody good go, and you never know. You know what I mean? And that's it, it's that's what frustrates me with that one more than anything else. Yeah, I, I feel like <sighs> it's always been that way. You know that that it's like psychologically the the bigger teams yeah, okay, always get <laughs> 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 psychologically the um, 
the, the bigger teams always get the decisions. I mean, you only have to look at what do we didn't we had what two penalties in forty years at Anfield or something. I mean, when you look at yeah. when you when you step back and take a look at the bigger picture, it's it's statistics like that. It's the fact that we haven't had a player sent off against us for two years now or something, and more than two years. Yeah, it's um, over hundred games. Yeah, so when you when you start to take these these things in aggregate, I mean, it does really start to stack up, and it's not just us whinging. Um, you know, I mean, to, uh, for uh, at a certain level, you have to make your own luck in the attacking sense. But yes, when, from a defensive point of view, when you're getting, you know, sort of borderline decisions that go against you more often than not, particularly against the big teams, it makes it really, really hard. Um, when I first saw the incident last night, I, I couldn't see any way that it was onside, but um, I hadn't sort of realized that it wasn't so much that the ball went sideways. It's just that the ball went forward, but um, Martin Henley was behind the ball. Mm. And so I think that is what ultimately yeah. is, was the decision but I think um, I think it was Les Roberts put on Twitter. Well, shouldn't he be behind? Shouldn't he be behind the entire ball? And this is where the you know the, yeah. the kind of the rules of the game um, and VAR making these decisions off these blurry images. Uh, you know, I I usually say you should give the benefit of the doubt benefit of the doubt to the attackers. So I suppose in this instance, I would have to say Arsenal should have got it. But um, Ultimately, I think it's it's on a just a gate to just not make the error in the first place. You know, no, don't even give them an opportunity, and that's really the, the the frustrating thing. But yes, on balance, I agree with you that it is very frustrating that um, that we're not we don't get on balance the decisions, um, and particularly now when when we are we need absolutely everything to go our way right now. Um, it's just one more frustration. But um, going back to um, McNeil and Mope, I think, are two two players who, apart from Gay on on the other side, on the other end of the scale, were two that I was actually encouraged by. I think um, both of those two players have kind of taken Deitch's challenge to heart, where he said, "You know, be the one that makes a difference, be the one to score a goal." I think McNeil, in the last two matches, has really stepped up a couple of levels, both in his wing play and just of being more direct. Um, and I think we need that. Because you know it's one of those things where that that old saying, you know, if you don't buy a ticket, you can't win the lottery. I mean, both of them had sort of decent cracks at goal, and maybe on another night they go in. But um, you know, I don't think Mope is 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 the answer, but he is at least trying. And I think that, yeah, I mean, in in the absence of having anybody else um, other of other than Ellis Sims, obviously, until um, Calvert Lewin is able to sort of you know to to um, stumble onto the pitch and maybe give us an hour you know it's just going to take perseverance from those players that are in the team to just try um and get more efforts on goal um and, and sort of just give us a just give us a better chance of of just something going our way yeah, I like the um, yeah. Sorry, sorry, just quick. I like the uh, aggression that uh, Dwight McDale showing actually in his games. Yeah. I didn't think he had, and I, I, it's really good to see that uh, that come off. And just while I remember, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk because I'll finally give up on whinging uh, now. <laughs> but um, uh, was uh, did nobody did nobody give Adressa Gay a shout by the way to say man on? I mean, like uh, well, that's you know, the that's other one thing, thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because surely, like, I mean, if I mean, if, if if they did, I mean, we'll never know. Obviously, if they did, and he, and he just ignored them. Which, to be fair, with the mistakes he's made this season, wouldn't surprise you if he just like sort of like, oh, you know, whatever. But uh, surely, surely somebody must have yelled. You'd think, you'd think somebody would have told him, but he, he doesn't know that guy's there. Now it doesn't excuse him for faffing the man like that. But uh, 
yeah, if he gets a shout, then I'd like to think that would be enough to make him go, yeah, pass it, pass it quickly back to Jordan or whatever. Anyway, yeah, sorry, go on, Adam. Let's shut, shut me up, please. You, you're, no, I, I, I was going <laughs> to, I was going to was gonna say it, it. It was such a complacent moment. I don't think anyone really saw the danger until it just happened. Um, I think people were more sort of aghast at the four minutes of stoppage time and sort of thinking, all oh, right, well, you know, what what are we going to do at half time? And then all of a sudden, before you know it, he's he's just kind of look at looking the other way and it, it, it seemed to happen in a flash, but then you you see it on the replay and it's in it's in slow motion, isn't it? Um I think that's where I'd 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 say praise the likes of more pay, even even though he might not be the long-term answer, even though we know he's still toiling and still a little bit toothless. But he's obviously giving everything he can. He's trying. He's maximising the ability that he's got. Um, McNeil certainly is. Whereas the likes of Gay, who is arguably a more elite footballer, just looks a little bit complacent and kind of sleepwalking around the pitch at times, not all the time, but certainly in that moment and not fully switched on. Whereas... McNeil certainly has really improved. I thought he 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 didn't hide. He he looked a lot more direct. He looks fitter as well. He he looks he looks sharper for having more minutes in the side, and probably more confident just for being given a run of games and a manager who said y- you're my man on that left flank. Have 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 a run in the team, and he seems to have really taken to it. It's just it's just that last little bit, isn't it? I think we've we've said it over the last couple of weeks, but obviously. With a, a kind of Calvert Lewin star player in the box, he 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 comes away from some some recent games with a few assists, and you know on another day maybe he comes away with a goal in one of, from some of the other chances he's uh, he's been involved in. But I do think um, I know you guys spoke about this last time, the sort of argument about who to have up front. I do think against Forest. Um, at at some point it would it would be nice to see more of Damari Gray. I think he he occupied Arsenal. He he looked busy. He he does offer something that some of those players don't, which is the ability to sort of strike the ball pretty cleanly, um, and also hold on to it and take defenders out of the game in a different way to the way, say, Neil Morpé does and the way that Ellis Sims does. Um, I think against Forest, it'd be it'd be nice to see him, uh, whether that's from a start or not. I'm not sure, but it, I, I thought I thought he made a difference, and I think. There's enough there to trouble a lot of sides. It's just is is troubling enough. Do we need someone really who's going to kind of really just win us games? Not not necessarily on 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 their own, but someone who can be, be a talisman. I, I think I think we spoke about this last night. But some someone who can just sort of be the person you look to and go, they're probably going to score today, or they're going to make something happen. Um, although there's positive signs with the likes of. McNeil and Morpay at the moment, it's yeah, there's, there's there's not really the the proof of that in the pudding yet. So yeah, no, you're right. I was looking, I was I was watching that game, particularly in the first half, and, and just looking at that team. When you go from goalkeeper to midfield, I mean, that's that side is too good to go down, mm. and yet without a goal scorer, it may not be good enough to stay up. And that is the the tragedy of the whole thing is that you know it's it's not a bad side. It's not a it's not a a relegation side by any means. And if you go back to um, you know, early September when we were looking back on the transfer window and thinking we had a really strong midfield with Onana and Gay and Awobi as as the trio, um, 
now we've sort of got that quartet now with Decore's legs in there as well. Um, we're, ob- we're obviously struggling for cutting edge. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is, particularly if, if we're needing to counterattack away from home, which we are, you, I have absolutely no confidence that any of those players are going to be able to convert. You know, I, I think in one attack, there was four, four on two, just for a split second against Arsenal. Um, and it ended up with, I think that was the one that ended up with Neil Mope, just kind of weakly heel flicking it into into Ramsdale's arms. And it, it's, you know, that that is the problem is that there's just no cutting edge up there. Um, and so I think, I agree with you, Adam. That somehow we have to try and get Damari Gray involved because, not only as I think I think we said last week, he's our top scorer. He's the most likely to create something out of nothing. He's the most likely um, to score a half chance. I think, which as he did at, at Bournemouth in the in the cup, that consolation goal. You know, he's he's got that ability. The 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 paradox is that he doesn't have Mopé's work rate and hold up ability, and that is the that's obviously what Deitch is, is grappling with. If you take out one of the midfield players, I mean, maybe it's a Drissa Gay, you know, you lose that compact, that sort of ability to break up play in front of your own box, but you do have an extra option up front if you've got two players up there working in tandem. And I think I would like to see that at some point in one of these games, Amope and Gray together up there, or Sims perhaps, you know, if you want someone with a bit more height, um, is something we haven't tried yet, and I think we need to start experimenting with some of those options. Um, you know, from the, from the start against Forest may not be that occasion, but depending on how that match is going, I would like to see a bit more, a bit more attacking intent um, in, in, from the from the formation point of view. Yeah, definitely more flexibility in attacks. I think he's got to be a little bit more flexible with uh, with how he adapts things in the game. I mean, like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to criticise Sean Dice as such because he's yeah you know, he's he's doing a good job for us so far I think but sometimes I just look at like his substitutions and I think uh, well okay he's, he's taking the Wobi off when uh, this uh, at home to Villa we're, we're one 0 down he's put under Marvy Gray on which is which was a good move but he's taking the Wobi off I figure well yeah you could take you know, we could surely sacrifice one of the like the Corley for example in midfield now and get a Wobi central because he's more like and you know throw caution to the wind a little bit more yeah you know I mean like, I think that he's he's maybe a little bit. Quite a quite a cautious manager, I suppose. Dice, I would say, you know, what I mean, plays the percentages yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's what we need in a lot of ways right now. We need that discipline, need that structure. Maybe needs to get to know and trust his players and what they can do a little bit more. But yeah, certainly he's um he's one of our he's, he's one of our more likely routes to goal, Demarvi Gray, isn't he? So I can I'd, I'd like to see him certainly get involved at some point. I think Al made a point of week, like would, would like to see him off a strike a little bit in that sort of floating position mm-hmm. where we can accommodate mm-hmm. that. I don't know. Um, Madden, back to Adrissa Gay again. Uh, like, uh, uh, <laughs> well, the, the most maddening thing with Adrissa Gay for me, though, is I think he plays well other than his, 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 his brain collapses. I think it's like yeah. he's, he's, he's making yeah. tackles, getting him on the pitch. He's pressing quite well. He's, you know, he's, he, he's, he's doing a good job. And then he's, but he's got one of these in him every game, at least. It, it, it's absolutely maddening. But so <clears throat> that in mind, I don't know. It's maybe, maybe that, that, I think that's the first time he's been hooked like that in Adrissa Gay, certainly at half time. Maybe that maybe that might just be the kick that he needs to say, like, well, look, if you're going to keep doing that, you're not going to be in the team. It's as simple as that. I don't know whether it's a tough one because it's hard to know. I think we function better with him, but but if he's going to give you that mistake all the time, then it's right. it, it's a it's a it, it's a real tough one. Um, but James Garner, I think, will be available for Nottingham Forest game. He's playing for the under twenty ones tonight. I think 
shown by Shedner's last conference, well, I tend to give them three games, practice games, and then they should be ready to go. So whether that's too soon between the game now and Sunday, I don't know. But um, I think he'd probably be involved, and I think he seems to like him. So I don't know if he'd be straight in the team, but I expect to see him getting involved fairly quickly and work his way into the team. So what that does for Adjusted Gay, if he's going to keep that up. But I think maybe Adjusted Gay needs pressure on this position, but he hasn't really got any pressure in this position at the moment. Yeah, maybe, that'll get, maybe that'll uh, bring the best out of him also. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, going to be a challenge at Forest. I mean, there's a lot of teams down there, though, who are doing crap as well. Like, I mean, Forest lost 4-0 to West Ham last weekend, you know, so it's, two teams have just lost 4-0 playing each other. Blimey, that's, uh, that can't happen too often, can it? So that's going to be um, that's going to be interesting. Southampton just lost to Grimsby in the Cup. You know, I mean, Bournemouth got another battering last week. Leicester lost. You know, I mean, there's a, team, there's a lot of teams still struggling. It's still actually not, not all that far from around about 14th place or something like that, you know. So, um, big, big win if we can get it on for, uh, at Forest. And uh, again, early goal if we could get it, do the do the team a load of good, get the home fans turning on the team. I think that's what we've got to go and try and do. Be brave, be brave, be courageous, get that early goal, and I think uh, could really give us a good chance. I mean, they're one of the few sides who've got a worse goal difference than us, aren't they? So, you'd like to think this is a, a, as good an opportunity as any for us to try and take that initiative. Um, but then you could also easily see it playing out in a pretty cagey way because, firstly, as you just said, Deitch's kind of first, you know, modus operandi is to sort of go for the more pragmatic approach. Um, although saying that, we are still creating chances. I think that, that was one encouraging thing from last night and from recent games, even when we've lost. Um, we, we're creating far more than we did under Lampard. Which was supposedly a more expansive way of playing. We are we are creating things. It is as we keep coming back to just that cutting edge. So against a side who maybe also are a little bit shaky at the back, who, as you say, are coming off a poor result themselves, it's about as good a good an opportunity as we get. Um, but much will depend on who he who he starts, who he goes with. I think it'd be interesting as well to see what happens with that back four as well because. Yeah, I was going to ask Cody, you about that. Yeah, yeah Connor Cody dropping out the side. The kind of headline takeaway, if you hadn't seen the game, would be Everton drop Connor Cody and fall apart the back. But I think <laughs> that would be oversimplifying matters because I don't know really how much the likes of Tarkovsky and Keane could do about a lot of those goals. It, 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 was, it was either very good play by Arsenal or, in the case of the second goal, just a, up to moment of madness from Idrissi Gay. Um, it will be interesting to see whether whether Cody comes back into the fold. I'm not I'm not sure. It's the one area of the pitch annoyingly. <laughs> Same as my mate last night. We watch it. What see the players warm up at half time? You're like, wow, there's just like centre backs everywhere as far as the eye can see, just warming up. And you think, well, it's the one area we're really stopped, you know. And you've got Branthwaite on loan at PSV as well. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet what we really really are crying out for is obviously uh, the other end of the pitch where we we'd really like to have another option off the bench. Um, so that's, that's that's another interesting one to see. I, I think Mikolenko obviously picks himself. You'd, you'd imagine uh, Seamus would start again. I've, I've, I thought Seamus played pretty well last night again. Mm-hmm. Probably looked worse with him out the side. Probably showed what a good job he's been doing. Um, I thought Tos- Tarkovsky won most of his stuff in the air, but just gradually ended up playing so deep because of what was happening in front of him. Um Michael Keane didn't really 
do a great deal, right or wrong. I, I, I don't know if he did enough to include him, you know, to, to, to get him a, a place in the team on Sunday. Um, but yeah, the, the Cody one will be interesting. Did we miss him or not? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I don't no. think, I mean, in, in any great rush to get Connor Cody back in. I mean, Michael Keane at least gives you a, a threat in the box at the other end from mm. set pieces, a greater threat than Cody, I think. Um, not only for his height, but also, you know, he can feather one in with this left foot <laughs> every now <Later>. and then. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, I think that uh, perhaps if Seamus Coleman's on the field for those second, for the third and fourth goals, they probably might not score. I think uh, mm. Ben Godfrey exposed himself, maybe either by instruction or that sort of tendency as a centre-back to kind of pull, to, to tuck in too much. I think he gave them far too much room. Um, for to get the ball in from the from the left set from their left side for those second, for third and fourth goals, um, so I would yeah man, I would retain Michael Keane. I would hope Seamus comes back in. I think Mikolenko, yeah, as you say, he picks himself because we really don't know you know enough about Ruben Vinagre as a as a as a left back in in a in a, in a back four really do we because we've barely seen the guy. So yeah, for me it's the uh, it's that. That midfield does Gay come back in with um, with a flea in his ear from Mister Deitch to just you know as, as we said you know keep it simple and just do what you need to do. It sounds like this will probably be too soon for Calvert Lewin. Um, and if there's any doubt, I'd yeah, I mean it's a really important game, but I, I think that if you have to if you have to choose between risking him for this one and potentially having him for a run of games starting with the Brentford game, then I think I'd I'd go for that one. Try and start the way we did against Arsenal with, with a bit of intensity and, and try and get something early. And, and, and then maybe we can get something out of the game. My, my concern is that Forest, they give up goals, but they're, they're pretty good at home. And you've got the, the likes of sort of Brendan Johnson on, in transition that we have to really worry about. Um, obviously, Chris Wood is a, an aerial threat from set pieces, but we've been fairly good at dealing with those. So it's just one of those one of those matches where we just have to give it everything. Avoid defeat at all at all costs, but I mean, we really do. We really need victory. Really start winning games because um, there's a couple, a couple still left. Um, City at home, United away, which you would think we probably won't get anything else from. The others, there's hope, um, mm. but again, it's it's going to rely. It's going to rely on Calvert Lewin coming back at some point. It's it's interesting. All the all the centre backs now have had some sort of game time. In some capacity, well, there I know Ben Goffey and Holgate came on for in, in tough circumstances at Arsenal, but except for Yevi Mina, he's had no opportunity yet under um, under under Sean Dyche. Um, I'm just wondering, I don't know, will, will, will he give him an opportunity or don't? I think he certainly strikes me as manager. He likes a settled team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. that's I think that's pretty pretty evident. Um, I could see him probably sticking with Keane and Tarkovsky for a little while now, unless something ridiculous happens. You know, what I mean. Um, um, yeah, that, I wouldn't really blame him with that as well. Tarkovsky, hopefully against uh, knows Chris. You must know Chris Wood inside out by now. You would have thought, so you might know how True. to yeah. how to handle him. Um, how to how to handle handle him on Saturday. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. We buckle up on Saturday. It's gonna be a real, uh, a real fight. I think it's gonna have to uh, play very well. I think and uh, yeah, but. Might be a good time to play them. They've just had a bit of a hiding. I don't know. It can it kind of go either way, can I suppose they'll be glad mm. they're at home following a, a defeat like that against West Ham. But yeah, again, if we can get that early goal, it might just um, give us an opportunity. Um, 
But yeah, it's going to be an effort to stay up. And just to reference uh, a question from uh, Ben King, uh, Ben King five four five two three four nine six on uh, on Twitter, um, asking us, will we get, will we take thirty eight points right now? Um, so just looking at it, it's seventeen games to go. No, it's not seventeen points to make. So if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna get that far in th- thirteen games, so which equates to five wins and three draws or six wins, basically. Or something like that, you know. Um, I'm not so sure that's quite enough. I just like looking around. I mean, you'd say I feel Southampton and Bournemouth are probably going to go. Leeds are a point ahead of us with a game in hand, and West Ham are two points ahead of us with a game in hand. I'm not so sure that 38 points is going to be enough. I think we might need a, another couple, another couple more than that. So my answer would be no. I don't think it could because I'm not. I'm not confident that that's enough to stay up. I just like the sound of points. That sounds, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds great. Who am I turning my nose up at five wins and three <laughs> <goals>. <laughs> I think wh- whether it's enough, um, it's it, it's so it's so tight around there, isn't it? Because if and I pray we do win on Sunday, then Forrest are right back in it. Whereas if the unthink, well. Sadly, it's not the unthinkable. But if the worst comes to comes to pass, and Forest get the win, then they probably start to feel like they've got a really nice cushion um, and can kind of push on a little bit. It's it's it really is so tight. Um, would would that be enough? I I feel like Southampton seem marooned, and I feel like Bournemouth, although they made what appeared pretty good signings. Um, in January, I, th- I feel like it, it might just be too much for them. But the, the, the worry is, besides above us and catching us, I, I saw a little bit of Leeds the other night in the FA Cup at Fulham. And Le- Leeds are a strange side. They they lose games, but they, they always seem to be in the game. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And they do have quite sort of interesting forward players. If, if they kind of click in some kind of form, then maybe. But they also look vulnerable as well. It's such a shame we're having to do this again and kind of hunt <laughs> and <laughs> look at the sides around us and, and we're kind of willing for them to make some 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 sort of slip as opposed to having that confidence. I guess what you would say with this amount of games to look forward to, <laughs> look forward to um, thirteen games, and if in these next three games, let's just say Calvert Lewin misses one or two. And maybe has one to get back in some kind of form. And again, it's deja vu from last season all over again, isn't it? But if he can have a, that final run of ten games, playing as part of a pretty, by this point, familiar side who know their know their roles, who maybe got a bit of confidence hopefully from some good results, then that last run of ten games, if we can pick up some wins, then hopefully we can go beyond thirty eight, and all this gets forgotten about. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. I think, I think at least forty would, as well as settling all our heart rates a little bit. I, I feel like it, it, it might, it might end up being too tight on thirty-eight points. But we'll have to see, won't we? <laughs> thirty-eight points feels so far away right now. <laughs> it really, it really right, does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it just, I mean, if you look at, I, I agree. I think Southampton. I mean, if you're sitting on, if you're sitting on eight, um, eighteen points right now, I mean, that's a 
to get to 40, that's a hell of a long way for them. But they, they, and they, they'd, only... they'd bite the hands off of 38 Southampton, yes, I think, wouldn't yeah, they? Would. <laughs> yeah. They would. Um, and then, you, I mean, Bournemouth, Bournemouth have a, a horrendous run coming up. Mm. They are at Arsenal on Saturday. Then they're at home to Liverpool. Then they go to Villa, home to Fulham. Um, they've still got to go to Tottenham. Um so and then obviously <laughs> they finish <laughs> they finish with us on the final yeah. day. <laughs> I think the way you know, I think they'll probably be gone by then. And so it, it and if you assume that Southampton are gonna join them, yeah, then we are just trying to find one just one, you know, above us that mm-hmm. we can that we can catch. Uh and you know, we as you said as you said, we went on we went on Sunday and Forrest are right back in it. We're a point behind them. Um, which is why it's key that we we, just, we, you know, we can't lose. We have to keep as many clubs down there with us because you look at, you know, you look at Leeds, they, they do have, they do have players and they obviously have a new manager. And then that's always a bit of a wild card. You never know what sort of reaction he's going to be able to provoke, whether he's going to be able to do anything better than the two, you know, the, the, the two that uh, preceded him. Um, well, I suppose you include the, the caretaker manager they had for a while there. But, I mean, Leicester, surely too good to go down. West Ham are, are showing life that they're too good to go down. So it's, you know, there's not many, there's not many <laughs> options down there, uh, which is why I've, I've sort of been trying to keep this, um, this big picture viewpoint where we just need to focus on picking up a certain mm. number of points and the rest of it will take care of itself because someone will end up down there below us. But I just keep coming back to the fact that there's no goals in this team, and that is mm. the thing that's just—it's killing us, you know. But I just, yeah, just—it's—it's it's one game at a time, and, and just try, and hope that with, with every week, Deitch is able to to sort of put a bit more into the team, a bit more um, direction, a bit more purpose, a bit more de- confidence and determination. I just hope it's enough. If we're getting, yeah, if if these like sort of like. Mystical five wins and three draws. I'm talking about if the um, if the five wins are against uh, Bournemouth, Wolves, Leicester, Forest, and Palace. Palace probably aren't a serious relegation threat, but the yeah, you know, if if they're against them, then certainly you're picking up points from the ones around us. We've already seen the damage it's done by losing them games to Wolves and Southampton, etc. Yeah. So yeah, if we win them games, are away. Three of those are away games. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you'd think that perhaps we could go to Wolves. Um, we could probably go to Palace and get a win. But again, if you've got a striker, if you've got someone who can score, if you put some put the ball in the net, it changes everything. <laughs> it just changes the whole equation. If you if you can go somewhere and just have the confidence, you're actually going to be able to put the ball in the net. Exactly. I think as well, though, like Dominic Carver-Lewin, um, I wouldn't expect him anytime soon. Like so, uh, uh, you know, this weekend we think will be too soon. You talk about Brentford. It strikes me just just from the players and coming back from injury at the moment. Strikes me Sean Dyche seems to like to give them at least two or three under twenty, you know, reserve games behind closed door games. Really build up the fitness so they're really definitely mm-hmm. ready when they do come back. So at the moment, that even seems a few weeks away. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on Dominic for another few games. You're right, like Adam. Adam Let's say if he's available for ten games for so the next three games, it's working on that, and then there's a ten game, ten game stretch of him that might just be all the difference. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, everything messing on him really. It feels like at the moment that's where someone's got to be brave and someone's got to step up, and uh, well, a few players need to step up, and uh, 
yeah, let's see. Let's see if he can do it on Sunday. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not a silver bullet, obviously, but I just no, think no. the way that um, Deitch has the team playing, particularly with McNeil um, getting those balls into the box, I just you know, I'd rather have Calvert-Lewin in there than than Mil, Mil Mope. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a shame. Obviously, he's not going to be fit for Forest because obviously, with it being such a big game, but. You look at those games towards the tail end of the season. That I mean, <laughs> Wolves away and Bournemouth at home. I mean, hopefully, hopefully they're not <laughs> must wins by that point. <laughs> but but it's but it's looking as though there's, there's still going to be some skin in the game by then. And obviously, before that, you've got a home game with Man City, away game at Brighton. It's it's daunting. Those are the games where, as you say, you need goals, and you certainly want your best goal scorer to be involved in those. So it. I, th- I think Deitch said, didn't he? he, he he's, he's not. Pro- he wants him properly fit, not just fit. So yeah. I think that plays into what you said, Paul, about easing him in, whether that's half an hour here, reserve game there, to get him ready maybe for what the Chelsea game, possibly Spurs at home um, under the lights. That, that might that might be more realistic. Um, it gives him another month essentially, doesn't it? Um, so that that might be the way forward, but. But hopefully, in the meantime, someone else can step up, even if it's not necessarily the way Deitch envisaged it as well. Because, as you say, Lindy set us up to play through the likes of McNeil and create chance in the box. If it's if it's not Dominic on the end of it, maybe maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's the likes of Anana in there causing problems and someone else following up the scraps and, and trying to make something of it or or. Whoever it is, I, I I really don't care. Um, anyone, Andy Lonergan up front yeah. would, would be fine if he, if, he, if he can score a few goals. Anyone yeah. will do. I was actually going to mention Onana because I'd like. I think he is one player who we need to try and get involved more in the attacking third. Um, he, he's he's such a talented player. He's got such drive about him. I feel in the last couple of games he's been about been a bit lost. Um, mm. in, an, in an attacking sense, just because of the way that we've been forced to play. Um, so if Deitch can try and you know leverage him a bit more, then you know he's a definitely a, a possibility to a difference maker. Then we need to utilize our personalities, and like Richarlison was our personality last year. Yeah, right. got, you know, like exactly. involved in that, and yeah, you know, I think that might be uh, might be might, you might be quite a key key for that. And uh, yeah, he's I don't know, he's got the ability, and he so hopefully he's got you know if maybe one if one goes in, you know, he scored one already with a head. If one, you know, he finishes one of these nicely, I can see yeah. If, if a few goals go goals go in, I can see a few you know the players chip, chipping in a bit more. We just need that spark, you know. I think it could happen. It could change quickly, actually, you know. But yeah, um, true. yeah, we um in the uh, it's half term as well. In the last game of the season, I was look, we were looking at holidays. There's a lot I can't go away. I'd love to be able to. <laughs> Look at Bournemouth for home and go. Oh, now yeah, we're mid table. I can leave that. Don't worry about that. I watch it in the pub in Spain. So no, I obviously can't do it. So, uh, please have it and save my save my holiday. <laughs> well, we'll call time on things there. Uh, as we've discussed, games don't come much bigger than this one at the City Ground. Uh, Sean Dyche has been waiting for our luck to turn in front of goals, so fingers, toes, and everything cross basically that everything comes together up top for the Toffees on Sunday. Uh, we'll review that game against Forest next week. Until then, Blues, thanks for listening, for your support of the podcast, and please, come on, you Blues. Tonight's a dream.